Season 4 of the Giants from Cards and Game Podcast. Starring El Gran Tata Martinez. Welcome and welcome to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast, season number four, episode number nine. I am El Gran Tommy Martinez, doing this podcast on behalf of both of us, my MIA buddy and fellow podcast partner, Mr. Adam Tate. And I am ready yet to deliver another great episode of this podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcast app, RSS Podcast. And many other of uh, your favorite DSPs. I said Adam was MIA. He might also be a POW. For those of you who don't know what those acronyms mean, MIA is missing in action. POW is prisoner of war. (laughs) What I hope he isn't is KIA killed in action. (laughs) Then I'd have to do an in-memoriam episode. And that would be very sad for me. Probably I'd need a bunch of therapy after that episode. Moving on, I hope you enjoyed my last episode. And after the last episode, I looked at the analytics (laughs) on our podcast. I really don't look at the analytics. Frankly, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep on doing this podcast until I get tired, regardless of whatever these analytics say. The first one to do that was my son, Jay, when we used to do this podcast with him. And almost after three and a half years of doing this podcast, I finally figured out how to go in there and look at the analytics. And to my surprise, it was nice to see that we had a pretty large number of downloads. And we even had like a top five list. It was really cool. It means the legion of listeners do exist. It also had a map of where this podcast is being downloaded. And uh, let me let me punch it up real quick. <coughs> <coughs> You'll have to excuse me. I'm a, I am actually recovering from uh, that upper respiratory shit that everybody's gotten here in the past, I don't know, month or so. It's okay, they almost died, but I'm back. And that's all that matters. I'm sure that every once in a while, <laughs> my cough will flare up. and <clears throat> Maybe I'll title this one The Coughing Podcast. I'm whatever. So let's get back to the analytics I was talking about. The first one is the statistic for all-time downloads, which is 6,849. That was about three weeks ago. That's not bad, 7,000, almost 7,000. It's okay. It's better than zero. The next one was the list of the top five episodes listened to, which was actually one from season number two. It was the National Custodial Worker Day, banging lyrics and soaking. (laughs) I remember that one. 
we have some cool ones in here also. Uh, <laughs> like the uh, in episode three, we had hip hop funerals and other nonsense. I <laughs> that was a real good one. But to me, the coolest thing that I saw when I was looking at these analytics was the places this podcast has been heard. Obviously, the states have the most listeners. <coughs> Excuse me. With the Midwest topping the list, the Mid-Atlantic area all the way up to the New England area was second with the most listeners. And then third, which was the weirdest one to me, was the Northwest United States up there in the Washington State area. Now, looking at the world map, Puerto Rico, my homeland, had listeners, but mainly from the central part of the island and the San Juan metro area. There was nothing on the map towards where I am. I'm from, which is the West Coast. That's a little disappointing. We go to Europe. We had England and we had uh, France. We had that central European region. We also had listeners in Spain and Portugal. Uh, that's very nice. We had listeners in India. Also in Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Singapore, zero in China. Yeah, so the Chinese communists are controlling content, obviously, if they're not putting out this podcast. I wonder how Dr. Wuhan has been listening to it. He must be a high-ranking government official. And these last two, Australia. And out of all of them, the coolest one for me is that they actually listen to this podcast in New Zealand, the homeland of where they film one of my favorite movies of all time, The Lord of the Rings. There is only one Lord of the Rings, and he does not share power. Ooh, it gives me goosebumps. New Zealand clocking in nice. All in all, I believe you like what you're doing and you're putting out, you know, whatever art form that you're putting out in this case would be the production of this podcast. <laughs> and you like what you're doing. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter any kind of analytics, but thank you. A gigantic thank you to our legions <laughs> for listening to the Tommy and Adam Hartening podcast <laughs> available on Spotify, Apple podcast app and <laughs> Evidently, many of your other favorite DSPs. Alright. Now uh I now I feel a little bit better after knowing all those stats of how many people are actually listening to this damn podcast because we do have some mail that I think I should read. This is from Kelly J. And it says, Tommy, the podcast by yourself is not bad. Oh, well, thank you, Kelly J. You laugh less. And here comes the uh, <laughs> their critiques, of course. But you most definitely need Adam to sound better. Well, you know what? I, I agree with that for sure. Uh, he's not only your sounding board. Uh, he's also your bullshit catcher. <laughs> Very observant. Yes, that's true. The most recent bullshit being that you celebrated Dave Grohl's birthday twice, both in episodes seven and eight. Whoa, wow, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that. Wow, thank you, Kelly. Another nice catch. Does Adam also write that portion of the podcast? <laughs> well, oh, I'm not going to answer that one, Kelly. I'm going to leave that one to uh, speculation. And uh, it says here, pay attention, the devil is in the details, as you have said before. P.S. Stop it with the singing, you're absolutely horrible. And I also agree with that. 
<laughs> play it often, play it loud. Okay, I'm sure she means or he means play it loud, but play it. Yes, love Kelly. <laughs> you know, there's sometimes I get a chance to hear the playback before I record the uh, following podcast, and this is not <laughs> this wasn't the case, unfortunately. Uh, so what? You know, so I celebrated Dave Grohl's birthday twice. Really? I mean, you got to listen to a little of the tunes that uh, that we are so graced with. So I don't see it that bad. But with everything uh, that Kelly says, <laughs> I'm actually going to agree 100% with what she said. Actually, I think our our mail has gotten a little bit better, too. <laughs> oh, Adam, oh, Adam. And speaking about Adam, at the beginning here, I talked about Adam being MIA and KIA. Actually, I did speak to him this week. I gave him a call. I needed some help on this bit that I'm preparing for this episode. I was hoping he still had the soundbite for this particular piece that I was looking for. Sometimes I'm able to retain what he does, or, or sometimes he gives me a copy of the file. This time, I just couldn't find it to save my life. Anyway, he seems to be doing good, <laughs> at least at least over the phone. That's a good thing. Uh, he says hi to all our legions. He misses being out here, and he can't wait to come back, but again, with no date in what looks like the near future. And we also spoke about the show a couple of weeks ago on, at the Cotillion, where uh, my great friend and music instructor, Aaron Epps Group, throws a rejection, played at the Cotillion, and... I was telling him I couldn't make it out there. I was going to invite him and whatnot. But again, <clears throat> I got sick, so there was no way in hell I was going to be able to go out, especially as cold as it was that Friday night. That's really all the update I could give you on Adam. Adam is a very private guy. I'm just glad he's doing good, and that's all that matters. And hopefully, yeah, he'll come back. I, you know, Obviously, I ended the conversation. No pressure. Just say, hey, your seat here, buddy's still waiting for you. So, yeah. I want to salute my brother. It was tough these past couple of weeks without recording, and I'm actually struggling a little bit <clears throat> right now to record. Uh, but I did watch a lot of uh, a lot of YouTube. I interacted in these chat groups on other podcasts. Spoke to fellow podcasters, and I've been making a habit of that for some reason. I just like to see the kind of work they're putting out there. And these are all video podcasts, by the way. We got really good feedback on. Uh, that little portion that I recorded opening uh, Betsy Calderon's wonderful package to us. Uh, that was really cool. Yeah, that double camera technique. Someday I, I really am going to start doing a video podcast, but the production of that is pretty uh, heavy duty. And honestly, I just don't have the time for it, even though I'm a retired guy and I still have some other things that I do. Other than this, I have a life, <laughs> believe it or not. And you know, I always tell our listeners, believe whatever you want, but most definitely believe that we're about to start this episode and start it off right. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Today marks the 4th of 2023 and it's National Pound Cake Day. Yes, and the National Day is brought to you from the pages of the National Day Calendar.com.
cake day. Yeah, I like pound cake. <laughs> the literal and the figurative pound cake, actually. Wow. I love these lyrics, man. She hits me with the whole town. Man, this this little cough of mine is gonna drive me nuts. I won't be able to torture you guys today. But yeah, National Pound Cake Day. Who knew they'd give a national day to pound cakes? I'm actually thrilled about that. And we may have covered this in a previous podcast, so check it out. Pound Cake. I love that song. <laughs> That's nothing to do with the actual cake itself, but it's that uh that bass driven yeah <laughs> real pound cake wow yeah this day actually recognizes that cake that we love so much the crust on the outside really isn't even crusty it's more like a little layer to contain all that soft goodness that the pound cake itself has and the pound cake being so soft has all these versatile uses to it you could uh you could eat it by itself you could have it with some milk you could put some ice cream on it you could have it as a uh i don't know like a a gathering like when the ladies get together they all uh, start talking and they serve this little plate of cakes and cookies and whatnot. You could slice a pound cake in a certain fashion. Then you could cut them into little squares that they're, you know, bite size. And the reason I think that uh, pound cakes are so good is because they're so balanced. And balanced, not the, uh, the album of Van Halen either. I'm talking about the ingredients. Uh, of pound cakes because the way I understand it pound cake takes a pound of each one of the ingredients that combined make the pound cake itself so you have one pound of butter eggs and sugar and of course one pound of flour what you don't see a lot on a pound cake is frosting maybe a drizzle of chocolate maybe some strawberry syrup but never frosting itself I wonder why that is so how are you going to celebrate National Pound Cake Day? The real pound cake, not the, uh, <laughs> not the Van Halen kind of pound cake. I would like to celebrate that every day, not just today. Let's put some icing on some pound cake. How's that? You could also, <laughs> you could also uh, <clears throat> put some of uh, those ingredients <laughs> on the uh, other kind of pound cake that we uh, tend to like as well. That's not a bad thing. Slather it up with... <laughs> With some whipped cream or icing or chocolate sauce. <laughs> and place the hashtag National Pound Cake Day. And if that's not enough for you, today is also National Pig Day. It's the Tanya Out of Tar Today Podcast.
today in rock history. Brought to you from the pages of history.com, today in music.com, songfactshistory.com, and classicbands.com. And that's Lilac covering Jefferson Airplane's Somebody to Love. great group lilac i think it is carrying the banner of hard rock some metal whatever they touch it kind of uh, sounds pretty good not easy to uh mimic the uh style of gray slick of jefferson airplane February 27th of 1970. Nice, I was about to turn five years old. When Jefferson Airplane was fined $1,000 for onstage profanity in Oklahoma City. Say what? Yeah, that's what I said. A thousand bucks for swearing. (laughs) Wow. How times have changed. Now you go to a show or you buy a record and, you know, that's what you expect. I don't think the uh, current genre of hip-hop rap hizzle would even exist without profanity. And not to say that hard rock and heavy metal were exempt of that back in the 70s. Well, late 70s, early 80s, there was a lot of that going on. I really don't listen to a lot of pop music, so I don't know what the uncensored versions of their songs sound like. But I remember uh, taking out sleeves and looking at these songs and then you put them on the record player or you, you put them on the cassette player and you hear all these naughty words. And I, I was a kid still. I get all these uh, giggles. It was pretty cool. It's like, wow, my rock and roll heroes are swearing. Let me practice some of these words. Because <laughs> uh, that's really, you know, what it was. It was kind of an innocent time. Then I got to go to my rock and roll shows and I, and then there was really swearing there i remember ozzy swearing like crazy and like wow and the crowd losing their minds just waiting for that one word it was usually the f word or they would go into this story kind of a stage rap and incorporate many others motley Crue did that uh back when i saw them opening for ozzy long time ago this was 1970s america this is the midwest We all know that a lot of morality laws existed back then. And the funny thing is, that law in Oklahoma still exists. Yep, just about 45 miles south of here. The law reads, curse words in public places in presence of women and children under the age of 10 are illegal and subject to a $100 fine or time in prison. It's also illegal to swear in the name of God, Jesus Christ, or the Holy Ghost. That's punishable with a dollar fine. I guess that one's not too steep. Maybe whoever made that one up is just hoping that whenever these people die, God will handle the real punishment on them. (laughs) Who knows? I wonder if they knew Ghost was playing or opening for Iron Maiden back when uh, Adam and me went down there to OKC (laughs) to watch that show. That ghost show, if there's anything blasphemous, that would be it. They go out of their way (laughs) to really offend the uh, easily offended. I didn't get a lot of information on this historical piece. So I would imagine just by reference or historical content, it was Grace Slick who did the swearing. That's just me. I don't know, really. 
And if it was $100 per word and the fine was $1,000, I would say the math is pretty easy on this one. She had 10 cuss words on there that she blasted out to the, to the audience. Very quite possibly the cops. Counterculture was wrapping up. Absolutely. I can see that happening. Women's lib, women's empowerment, drugs, alcohol. Yeah. All fueled. Here's another law that is not as backward whatsoever. No way. Not down in Oklahoma. It says it's illegal for fortune tellers to charge a fee in the state of Oklahoma. Who fucking knew? Settle down, class. It's this week's rockin' higher education lesson on Led Zeppelin 101 with Professor Adam Lee. Led Zeppelin 101 and this is Mr. Jimmy Page this is off his record Outrider it was some time ago I want to say um 50 years ago, no, maybe 60 years ago, uh, Jimmy Page released some obscure single as Jimmy Page. And it wasn't this one, though. I, I just couldn't find that one. And I thought it was pretty interesting, you know, when he was back as a uh, session musician uh, in London town, as he roamed looking for his fame and his fortune. Still a pretty good song. The only one you heard it right there. Yeah. All right, Led Zeppelin 101. Class is in session. This is Professor Tommy Martinez, not a uh, Professor Adam Lee Tate. Almost just as good, I would say. Not according to Kelly J. I'm gonna provide this lesson regardless because I have a responsibility at the University of Rock and Roll, and particular to you who are taking Led Zeppelin as a major. I take my role as a professor very seriously. And it's going to be on the test, damn it. February the 28th of 1970. After the family of the late Count Ferdinand Adolf Henrik August Grat von Zeppelin threatens a lawsuit. Wait a minute. That's a long fucking name. God. They must have been really full of themselves. Anyway, they threatened this lawsuit when uh, Led Zeppelin came to perform in Copenhagen. And they were billed as the knobs because this family didn't want Zeppelin to use their name. The uh, I think we did a podcast not too long ago, and this is maybe to appease those who like the details. Uh, we had one called Origins. I think it was the title of it. Anyway, we were talking about bands uh, that had their start and their origins and whatnot. And one of them that I remember mentioning for sure was uh, Led Zeppelin, which were the New Yardbirds, I think. Also, uh, they were told by keith moon after seeing them record or wherever they were at they were going to go over like a led zeppelin i'm 
almost positive that our heroes had nothing to do with this Frederick Adolf Stalak 13 Zeppelin. Who knows? I'm pretty sure they had nothing to do with anything corny like royalty and things like that. The story goes the band had early invited this Countess Frau Eva von Zeppelin to meet with them for a cup of tea at a television studio. That's very amicable and friendly of Led Zeppelin, if you ask me. And by all accounts, the conference was very friendly. There you go. However, her anger rekindled when she saw the cover of their debut album, Led Zeppelin, featuring the Hindenburg airship crashing to the ground in flames. Oh, my, get out of the way, please. It's burning and bursting into flames and, and it's falling on the morning fast and all the folks between that this is terrible. This is the worst of the worst catastrophes in the world. It's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now and the flame is crashing to the ground, not quite to the morning mass. All the humanity and all the fans are just feeding around it. I do. If you ask me, they were actually offering the services of Led Zeppelin to maybe do some good PR here and help people forget this horrible accident that had happened back in the uh, late 1930s. Jeez, here's another thought. She probably wasn't hot because they weren't trying to bang her. They were actually going for tea and shit like that. Even though she was nobility, she was very hostile towards the deities that many in the rock and roll world worship. And I would think that's more higher than any kind of uh, <clears throat> worldly blue blood. Before it was all said and done, the noble woman had the galls to angrily describe the group as shrieking monkeys. In the end, it didn't matter because the knobs <laughs> shook their collective knob at the countess and went on to perform nonetheless. Take that, royalty. As a commoner, I say serves her right for being a royal cocksucker. Running in, I'm running there. I'm looking for a girl. That's Rush. There's nothing I need, there's nothing I want. In the whole wide world. Well, I need it quick and I need it now. Well, I start to fade away. That's why I'm such a swine. Each and every other. It's a nice deep cup for you. What's the title again? Tell me, Kitty. What's it? I need some love. Thank you. Oh, yes, I need some love. It's a nice deep cut, yeah. Off of uh, Rush's debut album because in 1974, March the 1st of 1974, Rush released their eponymous debut album. This one right here, the drummer and creative catalyst Neil Peart, uh, yet to join the band, uh, but still the sound of this album is very different from what will become eventually Rush's trademark sound. We just came off of Led Zeppelin. Back in those days, Rush was known as the Canadian Led Zeppelin. It wasn't uncommon to produce an album as bluesy as Rush's Spearhead album. Had great songs, Finding My Way, Before and After, In the Mood, What You Doing, We Just Heard I Need Some Lovin', and obviously El Numero Uno from this record that everybody knows. I get 
telling you, I'm telling you, rock and roll cures. I'm, <clears throat> I'm feeling cured already. <laughs> rock and roll, better than any medicine. It's an album for you to check out this week. Make some time and clear out that boring playlist and listen to some of Rush's Rush. Nah, bro, you, you see me, bro? I'm hard, bro. I'm hard, bro. I'm hard, bro. I'm hard, bro. Let's get started. It's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Historic hip hop rapizzle moment. Yo. those who didn't hear that was krs1 chris one from a pioneer rap group boogie down productions and that was south bronx my dad lived in the bronx i think my uncle did too a few of my relatives my aunt still lives there my cousins they're from there you hear this tune and you want to say yo south bronx south south bronx <laughs> you want to claim or represent get caught up in that movie when in all reality, what I remember from the South Bronx is that, or from the Bronx in general, that's a shithole. I'm sure there's some nice places, but it's not like how I remember it. I took my kids to New York City when uh, they were little, to the Puerto Rican Day Parade, and obviously we we went to the city a couple of times, because you got to hang out there. I like going to the city itself, but I wouldn't live there. Uh, my cousin Mookie and Iris, they live up they live in upstate New York, about maybe 50 miles of the city because the way i understand anything north of yonkers is uh upstate so some bullshit like that and one of those uh trips that we made down to the city uh we went to the bronx i can't remember what it was for maybe we we're going to go some bodega or something i can't remember but we were going one way on the street and there was a medium like with a sidewalk that would divide both sides of the street and all of a sudden here comes cops chasing this one car and then this guy crosses the medium a little bit in front of us just to cross the avenue or the street right the boulevard whatever it was to go into one of these side streets i said what the hell shit All right, my wife hates going to new york city i could tell you that much right now that's not one of her favorite places to go i like going i like going i like visiting the city but that's it i mean my my dad my dad swears by it big city baby that's that's him right there that's like his catchphrase big city baby my nephews, my nephews live in New York City. I think they live in the Bronx. No, they might live in Brooklyn. I don't know. My oldest nephew, he was jacked for his cell phone. And this motherfucker's crazy enough to go run after the dude who did it. Fuck that. Here. <laughs> if it was me, I would say, hey, stop, stop, dude. You forgot to take my wallet and my jewelry. <laughs> You're fucking up. <laughs> no, I mean, it was like we were in shock when that happened. I was like, oh, my God. 
Wow, that's nuts. And to my dad, now my dad, my dad heard that story. That's like a badge of honor now. That that you know, since my dad has been jacked up so much in New York City, he's like, yeah. And given that my oldest nephew is his favorite, you know, his favorite grandchild. Anyway, I've digressed enough. Let's uh, let's get to the task at hand. March the third, nineteen eighty-seven. Boogie Down Productions, BDP, released their debut album, Criminal Minded. On B-Boy Records, it is considered a highly influential hip-hop album and one of the firsts of gangster rap. Since its release, the album has been sampled, interpolated, and paraphrased. Its samples and direct influences are unusually, at the time, ranging from liberal use of dancehall reggae to rock music artists such as ACDC, The Beatles, and even Billy Joel. The album was eventually certified gold by the Record Industry Association of America and the song South Bronx and the Bridges Over were the standouts for this record. Another quick factoid before I go on, this record is also within the 500 most influential albums according to Rolling Stone, which to us doesn't mean shit, but I just like throwing that out there. Why is the release of Criminal Minded from Boogie Down Productions important to the genre of uh, hip-hop? Now, Boogie Down Productions is an American hip-hop group. It was originally composed by KRS-Swan, D-Nice, and DJ Scott LaRock. Which, by the way, uh, DJ Scott LaRock was murdered about a couple of months after Criminal Minded was released. The name of the group, Boogie Down, derives from the nickname of the South Bronx section of New York City. Uh, The group pioneered the fusion of dancehall reggae and hip-hop music. And remember, dancehall reggae is what had come up from Jamaica and was more or less uh, transformed into hip-hop a little bit later, uh, maybe about 10 years prior to Boogie Down Productions coming on the scene. Criminal Minded contained frank depictions of life in the South Bronx during the 1980s, thus setting the stage what would eventually become gangster rap. Now, if you remember, this is the time where crack cocaine was going nuts on the street and especially affecting the impoverished communities of America to include the South Bronx. From the start, Boogie Down affected the development of hip-hop and gave it a voice uh, to what was happening on these mean streets. Now, I can't tell you if it was glorifying it or not, as some people like to say, uh, because gangster rap did uh, come into effect. I think about a couple of years later, also, the movie Colors had something to do uh, with uh, what would be later known as uh, the gangster rap from the West Coast here in the United States. I remember Boogie Down Productions as kind of like watching a movie. You would see it on the video, you would hear it in the rap, and it would give you... It would paint you a clear picture as it smoothly narrates its stories. It kind of reminded me of that movie, Fort Apache, The Bronx. It's a Paul Newman movie. You might want to check it out, which had come out, I believe, at the beginning of the 80s or at the end of the 70s. But instead of a cop side of the story, it was a story of the people that were living there. And this is what KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions was uh, projecting in the hip hop rap hizzler fashion of rhyming. With not a lot of slang slash slurring, because KRS-One delivered his uh, spits, his raps, very clearly. My personal take, and maybe my own personal experience, just uh, it kind of showed you what was happening in the culture of these disenfranchised communities. So naturally, it would influence whatever art was coming out. Uh, Hence, the impact it would have on America as you would see these images or hear these stories through MTV and what was increasing as hip-hop radio. 
The figure of KRS-One is a, is a unique figure. And I say that in a sense as an artist. You all know that back then maybe he wasn't considered an activist, but he is very much an activist for the black community mainly. In the beginning, I viewed KRS-One as what was known as the typical rapper at the time. He was, uh, he was calling out, uh, naming names. He had some beefs, I believe. Uh, we all know what beefs are in the hip-hop rap hizzle arena. But for the most part, he also did <clears throat> he also did a lot of representing. He really represented that community. Not only lyrically, but in his style, in his uh, demeanor. He was truly a genuine ambassador for hip-hop and the community that had embraced hip-hop, which was, uh, we, we all know, that's the poor community, the poor black Latino community of New York City. What I most know KRS-One is for being the philosopher, the philosopher of hip-hop. As a matter of fact, he had a really cool song called My Philosophy. Enough of all that uh, history lesson from the cradle of uh, the crib, the cribizzle, uh, rap music, New York City. Uh, let's go to see what the uh, Urban Dictionary has to say. Let's go with represent. The first definition is stand in for a person, organization, or principle in a matter prescribed by law or formal custom where knowledge of protocols is specific and germane to a particular forum or jurisdiction. That's a lot of bullshit words. <clears throat> Man, I'm getting froggy again. <coughs> All right. Uh, so it says as an example, give me a second. It says as an example, <laughs> it's kind of weird. It says, we represent the Lollipop Guild and wish to welcome you to Munchkinland. Okay, I get it. Yeah, because if you go to the Wizard of Oz movie, uh, every single one of their uh, uh, factions or guilds were represented by individuals and would present themselves before Dorothy. Okay, yeah. And the Lollipop Guild was kind of like the, uh, the most badass <laughs> of what was happening there uh, in Munchkinland. I don't know. I wouldn't want to. They, they look pretty mean. They had that bullshit dance too. They may have been the uh, the lollipop gill. Made it may have been the the gangster raps rapizers <laughs> of the Wizard of Oz. They didn't seem that many, so they uh, so their click might not have been enough to take on the witch and fuck up those monkeys and all that shit that was happening there at the <laughs> in Oz. Another definition is a command that provokes someone to make a symbol or sign identifying their gang affiliation. Okay, I've seen that. It's where somebody calls out, I don't know, a name or whatever, and then a bunch of people start getting up. They're all bent over and contorting as if they had some kind of disability as they move their fingers and hands and arms to do these gang signals. If you've seen those uh, nature shows, you'll see like the gibbon monkey. The gibbon monkey, he just stands up and he opens his mouth really wide. You can see his teeth and he does the monkey scream, whatever you want to call that. And the rest of the monkeys start doing shit. And it's like this whole festival, like the monkeys are doing a representation of that one clique of monkeys. It's the same fucking thing. And maybe that's one of the rituals of these gangs. They start scratching each other and picking at their butts and whatnot. I'm sure they got to do a lot of that shit when they go to jail. So why not practice the representing out on the streets? Here's another uh, interesting definition. It says, a word, represent, that has been overused in rap songs and has lost its meaning. Oh, 
typical rap lyrics represent, represent, <laughs> represent, 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 rap, rap, uh, represent. Well, well, I've lingered on long enough with this one, so I'm going to read this last one. It's from the Hip Hop Rap Hizzle. It says, represent, of course. It's something you do only, and only is in big capital letters, if you are truly part of that group, organization, location, etc., etc., especially if you're laying claim to a violently dangerous gang. <laughs> so my advice to you is they'll go listening to these bullshit rap records and don't go out there with some imaginations that you're some kind of dangerous rapper from the South Bronx. You might end up paying the price. Like that. That's no bullshit. We've said this before. Life doesn't imitate art that well. <laughs> You're hearing it right. That's not the cars, but that's Nirvana covering my best friend's girl. She used to be mine. Uh. She's so fine. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's always so cool to think that this uh, grunge band, as it's labeled, Nirvana, is able to cover these pop hits and, in a sense, kind of uh, validate them. Goes to show you the depth that uh, these musicians uh, have, and sometimes we have a really bad habit of pigeonholing them into these categories. Ah. I think this is fantastic. Check it out. Man, to see such a young Nirvana. Pat Smear so young in that band. And Dave Grohl and Kirk Novoselic uh, doing that chorus. Wow. 1994. Nirvana played their final concert on March the 1st of that year. Uh, wow. The climax of the band's European tour actually and the gig took place in Germany at Munich's Terminal 1. A hangar for aircraft. Wow. You like to see that piece live? I'll tell you what, just go on to YouTube and search for Nirvana 1994 Final Concert and you'll be able to check it out for yourself. Van recorded the way I like it. Some quick notes here. The show had a 23 song set list, but it was plagued by sound problems. At some point, there was a brief power outage uh, as they played Come As You Are. That resulted in them stopping and starting all over again on that song. That has to suck really bad. I don't know how the fans took it, 
power went out, it's understandable, and they restart again. By then, Nirvana had conquered the world with just a handful of records. Shortly after that gig in Paris, France, Kurt Cobain had to be hospitalized. There's drug problems. I think it was probably an overdose. And we all know a month later, he took his life when they had returned back to the United States. When I always speak about or mention or think about Kurt Cobain's death, I always go back to one of these uh, biographies on Dave Grohl. And the thing that sticks out the most are the stories that Dave Grohl tells of how much Kurt Cobain loved life and they'd be dancing to ABBA songs and doing all these ridiculous things together. It, it makes it makes me a little sad to think that there was so much life in this guy and he just threw it away, blew it all to hell with drugs. There's a lot of forms of addiction, but addiction to chemical drugs, wow, without a doubt has to be the worst. And then we get a chance to hear some of this cover that they uh, did from the Cars tune. It makes you wonder. I mean, you wouldn't go into a Metallica show expect something so off the wall i didn't get to see nirvana at all and uh, i don't know if that was the norm if they would throw in curveballs like that but it had to be really fantastic to get that refreshed piece of of a pop classic like my best friend's girl hmm. i think that's why we enjoy the foo fighter so much you go to a foo show and you'll get some surprises some guest singers some pop numbers that just come out of left field. You're not expecting it. It's entertaining. In a way, it's almost comical. And it gives the band that feel that they're just regular guys. One, two, three, four. This weekend. Oh, yeah. Kiss. This weekend, Kiss Tree, baby. And that's off of Love Gun. Got love for sale. Your position's red. You can't get to bed. Your eyes are full of tears. You've got a headache, heartache, a pain you can't take. I am who you have to feel. Your observation's correct. I'm someone you can't neglect. Yeah. Kiss. If you're a Kiss fan like me, not only do you have love for sale, they got tickets to the final 50 shows <laughs> of their uh, farewell tour. Very highly publicized farewell tour. <laughs> it just, you can't get away from it. I, it's just like every other email from Kisses. Kiss tickets for sale. Kiss tickets for sale. <laughs> Far be it from them, and I don't think we'd expect anything less from our rock and roll heroes. And if you didn't know this... The last 50 shows were uh, in jeopardy because Paul Stanley fell off of his bicycle. Yeah, you heard right. He was pedaling away when all of a sudden, boom, to the ground he went. That was about a month ago, beginning of February, something like that. It's not too clear. And the story goes, unfortunately, Paul Stanley had to undergo several injuries over the years, including his bike crash last month. The rocker gave the good news to the KISS fans on Twitter saying that he had recovered from the accident and felt great enough to go back and keep performing with the band. Kind of sucks because I believe he also had a bone spur surgery in the past couple of months and he was recovering from that so he could go ahead out on the road and do his best. And we all know Paul puts out a great show. He's one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest frontmen in rock and roll history. 
if you're not a Kiss fan and uh, you're able to go out there and look at it objectively, you're going to see what I'm talking about. He puts on a <clears throat> he puts on a high energy show. The times I've seen Kiss, which are many, he has never disappointed. He truly, truly, truly uh, revs up the crowd and gets them into the show, and it's a, a thing of wonder to watch to experience live. The story continues. It seems like the only thing he had to deal with last month was not the surgery. Uh, Stanley also had a bike accident, which hurt his knee and fractured his hip. Luckily, he also recovered from it and can ride again. We also know that Paul Stanley is a uh, person who likes working out. He rides bikes, do all those kind of things. He reassures the fans with a tweet that read, Bike crash last month, first ride today since fracturing my hip and banging up my knee. It feels awesome to be back. Life is for living. I.e., go online, go, <laughs> go to your favorite ticket broker and uh guess what buy a couple of tickets to one of our last 50 shows rock and roll birthdays born on this day well actually what was it on the first of march is when this rock and roll hero was born. And you know he's the lead singer of probably one of the longest lasting, very influential group, The Who, baby. It's Mr. Roger Daltrey. He was born on March the 1st of 1944. Very distinctive rock and roll voice Mr. Roger Daltrey possesses. As a matter of fact, though, that's one of the things that he finds that's critical uh, of a rock band. And, uh, <laughs> and even though Mr. Pete Townsend is the one that is credited with the most in penning the hits of The Who, Mr. Roger Daltrey knows how to deliver them and in his own unique style. Happy birthday, sir. You are, what, 79 years old today, hmm? Still out there, still touring. Check them out. And now that I think about it, hell, I've never seen The Who live. There's only two left. And this is Iron Maiden Live, Gangland. too loud <laughs> i think it did we don't get a lot uh chances to play adrian smith songs here and uh yeah gangland he penned this one actually boy that's messed up <laughs> now you know why we don't do a lot of uh of these old records from the maidens you know these are hard to find hard to come across anyway yeah adrian smith wow one of the great guitarists of another one of our favorite rock groups here, Iron Maiden. He was born February the 27th of 1957. He's a 66 years old today. Happy birthday, Adrian. Buddy of a co-band mate, Dave Murray. As young teens, they didn't live that far apart. As a matter of fact, they were together in a band called Urchin, 
was a startup band. Dave later quit Urchin and went on to join Iron Maiden. At the time, Adrian was also asked to join Iron Maiden, which he declined. He still had aspirations of making it in his own band. This was all prior to 1980. Eventually, his aspirations were crushed when that didn't happen, and he was invited again to join Iron Maiden, which at this time he did, and went on to record, participate, and have a few songs under his belt in the Iron Maiden seminal album, The Number of the Beast. The cool thing about Adrian Smith and Dave Murray, not only are they buddies, they're also known for their abilities and hit that audience with that dual guitar attack that they are so famous for. Considered uh, right up there with Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing from Judas Priest. That's a big accolade. Again, happy birthday. Celebrating birthdays this past week was also Neil Sean of Journey. I take that their feuding hasn't affected their ability to draw a crowd in. Uh, also, John Bon Jovi was born March the 2nd, 1962. He's uh, 61 years old today. Wow, Bon Jovi, 61. And last but not least is Mr. Jason Newstead, former bassist of Metallica. He was born March the 4th. Actually, today he's going to be celebrating a birthday of 1963. Fellow Pisces, Jason Newstead. Some people still consider him a bassist for Metallica. Of course, I'm one of those fans that believe that all the bassists of Metallica have contributed very significantly to uh, what Metallica has put out. Music-wise, I've always been a fan of that Jason Newsted growl. Now that I think about it, I remember seeing Jason Newsted and his band in St. Louis, downtown St. Louis, actually. It's a little club there, not too big, not too small. It was really nice. It was a cool experience. Played for about an hour and a half, two hours. It was nothing Metallica-ish. Uh, I take that back. It was. It was hard. It was. It was rhythmic. It definitely was not thrashy for sure. Anyway, happy birthday, Jason Newsted. <laughs> I told you guys last week that we would be phasing out the Butt Influencer Showcase. Definitely on this episode is when I've decided to go ahead and uh, fade that out. I, uh, To those who enjoy that segment, uh, it will be back. It'll probably depend on the return of Adam if that ever happens. So let's just say instead of fading it out, I'm just putting it in suspended animation like when Captain America went into the ocean and got froze for a while. So let's go ahead and freeze those butts. It's difficult being more mature than your father. There's a little motivation <laughs> to work on those butt influencing skills. For when we do return to review your body of work <laughs> and all those beautiful comments that go along with them. Anyway, let's get to what the frijoles, which most definitely has been a constant of our podcast since probably the first episode. By the way, this what the frijoles was sent to me by my buddy El Gordo. Shout out to my friend, also the father of this guy right here. Flash and burn. <laughs> El Gordo and Bam Bam. Woo! <laughs> Bam Bam's going to be brought up right. Let me just put it that way. UniqueHotels.com is where we're going to go on this episode for the What the Frijoles. 
winter's almost gone. It'll be what? We have about about uh, about two weeks left officially of winter. And many of us will be going on vacation and enjoying ourselves during the uh, summer months. And here's maybe uh, a recommendation for you. It's a lovely European chateau out there in Belgium. It is called Cas Anus, and that's spelled C-A-S-A-N-U-S. You heard it right, Cas Anus. And if you think I'm bullshitting, I'm going to go ahead and leave you the link on the description of this podcast, and you can do your own research, as I so many times recommend you do, because Cas Anus literally translates to house of anus, or anus home. You knew that if we were going to suspend the uh, Butt Influencer Showcase, we would suspend it with something uh, similar. So don't be surprised. Let's get to business. Cassanus, Dutch artist Joped Van Leeshout, has created a unique work of art that you could stay in if your heart desires. <laughs> That's the lead-in to this piece. Anyway, his giant human intestine sculpture. Yes, Located in Belgium, sits in the middle of a field commission as part of a foundation. Uh, and the foundation is called Verbeke Foundation Sculpture Park, which hosts over 20,000 visitors a year. And for those 20,000 visitors or more, there was a caveat that read, This exhibit space is not meant to be an oasis. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, actually, I don't think that... Uh, you would go there other than maybe a joke or, or maybe you like this kind of stuff. Maybe you're a, an intestine fan of some sort. Maybe that's your fetish. Maybe you're a doctor, one of those gastrointestinal doctors. Uh, I don't know. It could have some kind of scientific value. I, the possibilities here are probably endless or maybe as long as that intestine is. The foundation playfully named it from the Spanish word for house, which is casa, which is house. And of course, anus. You know, anus in English and anus in Dutch really don't have a lot of difference in the way they're pronounced. Something that I discovered while doing the research for this piece. Let's ask our official Tommy Adam Hard to Name podcast translator to first say it in English. Anus. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Now let's listen to it in Dutch. Anus. Thank you. You know what? Just for shits and giggles, let's do it in uh, Spanish. Kula. No, 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 that's not right. <laughs> Say it correctly, please. Pano. Now, the artist's intentions were clear for uh, Casa Anus. Breaking taboos and questioning everything is one of the most important movements of the 21st century. Right. If that were the case, we wouldn't believe half of the bullshit that we read on social media and the rest of the damn internet. But this is factual. You, Like I said, go to the link. Also do Google Maps of Casa Anus. And it'll pop up. It even has a few reviews. Actually, let's take a look at those real quick. One written by a Julian says, Once in a lifetime experience. There were some issues with the electricity once we got there, but uh, they were quickly sorted out by the very friendly staff. Breakfast and entry to the park are included. Wow. <laughs> at least it was the electricity and not the water when it comes to intestines. right? And the guy gives them five stars. Here's another review that says, a very special experience. There is a bed, shower, toilet, and sink. I would imagine there was a toilet. Absolutely. No refrigerator or TV. It's nice and free. And in the morning, a delicious breakfast. 
I wonder if that breakfast is high in fiber, which we got in the restaurant. Very nice people. In the evening, we walked around the park to view all the works of art. We liked it a lot. It gives it five stars as well. Nice. There's a bunch of pictures online. You could take a look at it before you want to go ahead and jump on a plane and land in Brussels, which is the closest airport. And it takes about an hour and 15 minutes from the airport to arrive here to this gigantic intestinal slash uh, anus hotel. Maybe some of those amenities are free, but to stay there is going to cost you about 120 euros, which is close to the $120 mark here, uh, US dollars. Now, let's take a look at these pictures before I went. <laughs> I go ahead and sign out. To describe it, there's the one that's the lower intestine uh, facility, <laughs> for a lack of a better word here. It looks like a chili pepper. It has that reddish color of a chili pepper, which is probably just simulating the reddish color of the actual lower intestine. And uh, at one end, it's kind of pointy. At the other end, it's the anus itself there's a depiction of the anus so it's i would say it's like uh okay it's a it's about a 10 foot diameter anus that's at the end of this building which would probably signify the uh final destination of whatever's coming out of the lower intestine and being delivered out or shooting out of the actual cool off stop it we're we're trying to be refined here Let's use proper words, please. Anus. There, that's much better. Again, you can go online, check out some of these other pictures. There's this picture that looks like it's a long tube. So you're looking at the inside of the intestine. There's another one uh, that has a nice uh, looking bed, has a telephone next to it. So uh, looks comfortable, has, has windows. I don't know if the actual uh, intestine has windows, but sure, let some light in there. And I can see why, because the interior is uh, looks like a really bright white complete uh, with the tubular curbs shaped walls, uh, I guess, to make the travelers feel like they're sleeping inside uh, <laughs> this very vital and important part of our body. And even more importantly, our uh, digestive system. So next time you're having a colonoscopy, and <laughs> which is very uncomfortable, by the way, I've had a few of those. <laughs> Here's a topic for discussion with the doctor. Hey, doc, <laughs> have you been to the uh, Anus Hotel in uh, Belgium? The doctor probably looks at you and goes, what the fuck are you talking about? You could whip out your phone and say, hey, look, you can use some of this money you're getting for this procedure you're doing and sleep in an actual asshole as he tears into yours. It's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Sound of the week. Yeah. You would think I would have used some of our regular sound bites on that, but I didn't. I spared you all. Sound of the week. <laughs> For sound of the week, we're going to omit any kind of new releases unless they're interesting to me, which currently I'm not interested in anything that's new. I'm going to let the legions do their own work on that. Maybe you'll uh, be able to shoot something my way. You can send me an email to tommyandadampod at gmail.com. I'm always receptive to something. Um, sometimes Adam comes out here with some really good ones. But he's not here, so I must move on. Plus, uh, <laughs> I've been yapping for a little bit over an hour, and it's time to head on out and do what I need to do these Saturday mornings. Lizzo, one of our favorites here, for sure, was in Germany. 
But it wasn't her birthday, so she wasn't out on the prowl for... No, it wasn't dick. <laughs> some what, Lizzo? It wasn't dick. I'm not mad at you. Not my thing. You go, girl. If that's what your thing is. But yeah, sure. Maybe that's why our uh, special events recording team was out there. <laughs> and they did catch a doozy. They caught Lizzo destroying Ramstein's most popular song here in the States. Duhast. Here, take a listen to one of our favorite flautists. <laughs> she loves the flautist for sure. Uh, Lizzo. that Lizzo new songs from that industrial metal group Ramstein <laughs> not only does she like pipes she has the pipes to belt it out the Tommy and Adams hard to name podcast special event recording team didn't catch a lot but they were able to uh capture some Lizzo antics at an actual Ramstein concert I mean there's quite a bit there to capture when it comes to Lizzo I don't think our guys had that uh <laughs> that much of a difficulty there's a whole lot of lizzo <laughs> without any further delays let's take a listen Of course she does. She's what track minded. <laughs> and it looks like the crowd was really into it. <laughs> These German people. <laughs> you know what happened the last time you were <laughs> influenced the wrong way, goddammit. <laughs> Hi, Lizzo. Thank you so much to her and to our special events recording team. <laughs> it's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Sound of the week. Yeah, you know what time it is. It's time to uh, it's time to leave Liz alone. But you know, Duhast. I was always under the impression that Duhast meant you have. Lizzo's version is you have penis. <laughs> Give me some of that. Good times, bad times. I'm the Tommy and Adam Martin Podcast. Ay, ay, ay. Man, I'm the one that I'm all the time. 
alone with some good times but before we actually go with our good times we have bad times and <laughs> and that is courtesy of pink floyd singer roger waters because a concert was canceled over alleged anti-semitism huh. in an ultimate classic rock article uh, dated 27 february uh, the city of frankfurt germany announced that a scheduled roger waters concert would be canceled in their decision the city council referred to the pink floyd rocker as one of the world's most well-known anti-semites i don't know a lot about pink floyd but wow i definitely did not know this says here that Waters was scheduled to perform at the Fest Hall Concert Hall in Frankfurt. The venue is not a private venue. It's owned by the city. So the city, the city went ahead and voted against it, citing Waters' boycott of Israel, comparing Israel to South African apartheid against the Palestinians and ties to the Palestinian uh, Islamic militant assholes Hamas. For those that don't know what Hamas translates to, it translates to the party of God. They concluded their comunicado also citing that Waters has used that floating pink Floyd pig with a star of David on it. Ooh, that's, that's bad. It was noted by the Frankfurt Council that this venue was also utilized to detain 3,000 Jewish men who were arrested unjustly after Kristallnacht or... Uh, or better known in English as the Night of the Broken Glass, back in 1939 when the Nazis were starting to take over and totally abusing the Jews in Germany. That was a bad night. Makes sense to me not uh, forking over this venue. Some really bad stuff happened that night to the Jews. And I know about this because I've read and I've studied and I've seen documentaries on this. This is some bad shit. So this has some kind of, uh, I guess the venue has some kind of historical value as well. Man... It just gets worse. Amongst other things, Waters also known as a uh, a Putin apologist. Ooh. The news of the Frankfurt Council cancellations of Waters' tour received praise from the Central Council of Jews in Germany, and they released a statement praising the decision. One month earlier to this Frankfurt cancellation, David Gilmore's wife, Polly Sampson, had posted a tweet alleging some of these things. Gilmore went right ahead and retweeted the post and declared support for his wife's claims. And he says, in his tweet says, every word demonstrably true. Yeesh. This is a guy who toured with him, knows him, made music with him. The Frankfurt cancellation is the only one so far. Uh, he still has shows in Hamburg, Munich, Berlin, and uh, Cologne. I haven't researched any of this, and I really didn't know anything about Roger Waters being all these things. <laughs> But it has to be bad if the Germans are calling you anti-Semite. It goes to show you, don't mix your art with fucking politics. Especially if you make a living on it. Just go and sing your little songs. And keep your opinions to yourself. And quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people give a shit about your politics. They just like whatever the hell song you have put out there. And that goes for all these artists. Not just uh, <laughs> Mr. Roger Waters. Jeez. Moving on to good times. because After that story, we do need some good times. Support for Ozzy Osbourne and him not being able to tour. And it comes from none other than the metal god himself, Mr. Rob Halford of Judas Priest. We all know Ozzy was forced to retire. He can't do it. Physically, he can't go out there and perform. And we all know Ozzy is a very beloved dude. So according to Loudwire, there's a plethora of concerned and appreciative reaction from fans. Mr. Rob Halford has come out on record and joined that massive group of well-wishers to Ozzy. In a recent interview that he did with Metal Hammer, Halford clarified that although he hasn't spoken 
to Ozzy in person. He has sent him. He sent him a text the other day congratulating him for the two Grammys he recently won. Now, some of you might say, hey, why not call him? They're big metal dudes. They should have each other's number. They should have the privilege to speak to each other. Well, no. Rob just opted to say in his text, well done, Bab. Love ya. I, for one, get that. I text all day long on my WhatsApp. Send all kinds of shit to my buddies back and forth. I have like four or five that are the top dudes. Honestly, sometimes when the phone rings, I don't pick it up. It's like, uh-oh. Or if I accidentally hit, I'll just send a, I'll just send a quick meanie that says butt dial and it has a butt on it. In his interview, Halford says that uh, he wants to reinforce what all the fans have been saying. Uh, the messages of gratitude and thanking Ozzy for all those great years in metal. In a direct quote, Halford said, It was terrible for him to have to make that important and, to be honest, right decision. He made the right call. End quote. No one obviously wants to see Ozzy go out and tour. All of a sudden, leave the tour after two or three shows. That would really suck. He also said something to the effect, There's a lot of love and there's a lot of concern for Ozzy. And Halford echoes what the fans are saying. That it's a good thing that Ozzy has chosen to put his feet up, kick back, and relax. He's earned it. As a longtime fan of this music, who would say that uh, you would see these two supporting each other like uh, grannies support their grandchildren? Exponents of hard rock and heavy metal. Historically high-intensity music delivered by high-intensity dudes. Now many in the third age, leaning on and recognizing the comprehension and the understanding of the adjustments we'll have to make when we retire. I retired young by design. That's why I put those many years in the service. But we're all going to get older, like Ozzy. And if you've seen pictures of uh, Rob Halford, he isn't no spring chicken himself. And who knew? Rob Halford, one-man support group. <laughs> I wish when I get uh, to that age, I have a support group that's headed by somebody like Rob Halford. That'd be very cool. And there's my music. You know it's time to get out of here. And so ends episode number nine of season number four of this great podcast. A couple of cool things happening. Spring is on its way a couple of weeks from now. That's going to be awesome for me. It's my birthday. Also, uh, the Oscars, I think, is going to be on TV. Nobody gives a shit about that. But I'll probably peek at that, maybe. Also, the World Baseball Classic is coming up. I'll be watching that. My homeland of Puerto Rico will be in that tournament. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I made it through. I made it through. And I still have a voice. That's pretty awesome. I'm going to be busy in the next couple of weeks, so I may or may not come back earlier than what I anticipate. But if Adam comes back, you know, hell, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll do a podcast for sure. Because, my friend, you know that your seat is waiting for you. As always, I want to thank our legion of listeners, especially the ones that we saw worldwide on the analytics. Our fans and whoever else subjects themselves to this podcast, we really appreciate it. Keep in mind, life is not that serious, nor anything else that we've said on this podcast. Question everything and don't believe anyone except for that anus piece. That's true. That anus hotel for sure. (laughs) Do your own research and come up. With your own conclusions, again, search the keywords of the Tommy and Adam Hard Today podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast app, RSS Podcast, and everywhere else. This podcast is on demand and streaming. Activate the notification icon to be notified when we're online. Write a comment and share it with a friend, but mostly with an enemy. 
In for both my buddy Adam Tate and me, I am Tommy Martinez. Today is March the 4th of 2023. And you are listening to the Tommy and Adam Arts and Aim Podcast. Remember to always play it often, play it loud, but play it. Yeah. The Tommy and Adam Heart to Name podcast is produced by Dada Cola Promotions. Yeah. Which are the cancers. Dada Cola Promotions.